Good morning, planet Earth. Good morning to the sky travelers moving through space in a jumbo jet, heading to Paris, France, heading to Moscow, heading to Berlin, heading to Beijing, gonna stop in Tokyo, might visit Australia, how about New Zealand, gonna go by Hawaii, go to LA, San Fran, Seattle, maybe take a stop someplace in British Columbia, you know what I'm saying. Good morning. It is Tuesday, May the 30th, 2023, Boblimpdok, right around 7.30 a.m. Mountain Standard Time in Scompton, Utah. The Tilly Wessels are arising from their nest to sing their songs of joy for the springtime, summertime, you know. The squirrels are gathering their nut sacks and other gromuli to feed their youngins. Oh, how sweet. The flowers are opening their petals to bring in the sun. The sun smiles on them like the Teletubby sun. Yes, the wild cougar and panthers of the mountains are crawling out of their cave. Wiping the sleep from their eyes, these panthers and jaguars ponder the creatures they shall eat today. Oh, the ennui and sadness of being a cougar or a panther or a mountain lion about to tear apart a cute little bunny. Get up, panther. Get up, motherfucker. Those bunnies won't eat themselves. Yeah. Good morning. So, in recent podcasts, you may have noticed a strident feature to my opinions. Although that sounds absurd, I'm always a bit strident, always a bit crazy, furious, mercurial. There's always that tension, so maybe that's not special, but there is something specific. Um, I've said something to the effect that if 2024 is a quote-unquote normal year in any functional sense, then I should check myself into a mental hospital. And I wasn't really being flippant. But today I was thinking about that and just what I'll tell you is I'll admit I was wrong. Um, And then I'm going to look for for the deeper truth because from what I can see, the level of deception was turned way up in the spring of 2020. And if you want to believe there was kind of a pandemic and kind of a race war about the time people started to reject the pandemic... And then kind of a war starts in Ukraine about the time we think the pandemic might be total bullshit. Um, if you if you need to believe these things, I get it. They all are just sort of coincidental in, in a very strangely absurd way. They're layered and coincidental. And you could say, well, they're all black swans, black swans, Dan. You know, it was said once a black swan is something you don't know about. But the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation was publishing Dreck about disease X in 2018. A disease is coming. Don't know what it is. Going to be real scary. Going to hurt a lot of people. They were building up the fear monkey of COVID-19 way before March of 2020. There are too many things that are... Things you could have observed that make no sense. There are too many things that just do not fit. If if you need to believe any of these stories, fine. What I will tell you is, for some fucked up reason, 
that I don't really understand the truth of yet. I think I do. I think I have glimpses of it, but I don't have hard evidence. But for some fucked up reason, the powers that be decided, decided in many ways to turn the world off in 2020 and then the kind to turn it back on again. And in the process of doing this, they destroyed millions, if not billions of lives. They destroyed small businesses. They harmed at least one generation of people psychologically, probably for the rest of their fucking lives, and that's the youth, the kids, were abused by the lie. For some reason, they thought it was necessary to do this and not to end it, because from what I can tell, maybe the COVID-19 dial's been turned down, but other dials have been turned up. And 2023 does feel like a little bit of a, a low-impact, brief intermission, and the powers that be are acting like it. I could have told you months ago, yes, they're going to raise the debt ceiling. This doesn't end any other way. Oh my God, are they going to raise the debt ceiling? How can they not? How can they not keep the plate spinning? You look at Jerome Powell and you're seeing the face of a dude that has a helicopter on hot standby. It's going to take him to a, a boat or a plane that will take him to Antarctica, to a condo down in Antarctica, and then he's going to hang out with all of his friends, many of whom fake their deaths, at a little club called the Soft Landing. It's right next to a discotheque called the Reset. No, actually, that's a comedy club. This doesn't end in recession or hyperinflation. This doesn't end in stagflation. This doesn't end in any of those because we've had all of those. We've had them all. And as far as the hyperinflation goes, look at the homeless people. Look at your garage you're trying to sell for $3 million, okay? You want to know where the hyperinflation is? Look at what's left of the crypto market. Look at other markets as well. You'll find your hyperinflation hidden in places like China and Bitcoin. And yeah, I, I'm selling my bungalow garage with a broken foundation for 3.2 mil. There's your fucking hyperinflation. You had it. It was targeted. It was directed. And it had exactly the effect that printing money has, creating distortions, a.k.a homelessness, people who don't have any money, people who are cash poor. One sector of the economy that this hyperinflation is targeted at ends up feeding on other sectors of the economy. The, the hyperinflation is in the security industrial complex. The hyperinflation is in all those fucking techno, let's take out a loan to buy back our stock since 2009 or 10, Bo Blimp Doc. You've had your fucking hyperinflation. What's coming next is not hyperinflation. It's not going to be the robots taking over. I know that this particular meme, this particular story, is really attracting a lot of the techno-fibes out there, the techno-phobes, the techno-files, the techno-freaks. A lot of you are, oh my God, Dan, AI is coming to take over. Oh my God, Dan, the AI is going to do my job. Dan, I can stay at home now and masturbate and drink coffee and I never have to go to work again. None of that's ever going to happen, ever. It's never going to happen. So yeah, I don't think any of that's going to happen. I don't think there's going to be a reset. I don't think we're going to see hyperinflation. And I don't believe 2024 is going to be a quote-unquote normal year. And that's a nice way of putting it. But I also could be wrong. And I could even be crazy. This is the thing you have to confront in situations like this. Where you have bad information, where your data is corrupted, you have to review the information and the conclusions you've drawn. I am very comfortable saying the following, that in 2020, there was a knob called military psychological warfare, and it may have been bouncing around the background level since 9-11, but for some reason, they turned that fucker all the way up. And they did it across the whole planet. 
That's number one. And it wasn't just the COVID-19 shitheads. I've got the video. I can tell you it was the Chop Chaz race war George Floyd bullshit. It was all the other Trump Trump bullshit. January 6th bullshit. Whole bunch of bullshit. And it's not stopping. But for some reason, they took that fucking knob and turned it all the way up. That's number one. Number two, they don't control the schedule. If they controlled the schedule, and this was about killing a bunch of us, we would have gone to sleep, all of us, in October 2019. It would have been a rank order neutron bomb strike around the world. Most of us wouldn't have woken up. They would have just done it. Compared to the farce of what's going on right now, compared to the chaos and crazy, and, and frankly, compared to any bioweapon, the nuclear war would have been way more you know, functional and predictable in terms of outcomes. So if it was about killing us, them killing us, I think they would have just gone and done it. They would have done it in classic ways, like starvation. And starvation may be coming, but I'm not entirely sure that we can give them all the credit for it. I don't think they control the, the events. It's why they have all these cheap-ass, petty, low-rent psyops hanging around. Oh, let's turn up drag queen story time. Let's turn up Putin, Putin, Putin. Oh my God, the AI is going to take all your jobs. But it does end up wearing on people. And the problem with military psychological warfare at this scale, specifically the kind that involves trauma-based mind control, is that you're just going to wear people out. You're going to push them to the point of madness or they're just going to give up on the stupid. On some level, they're going to say, this is dumb, this is a ritual, I don't really want to admit or confront what it's about, I'll accept the tick. But, but you know, ticks aside, I'm not going to destroy myself over what looks like, at least my mind can work out unconsciously, a steaming pile of bullshit. So they turn the knob up. They don't control the events. And I assumed it was a five-year window because, you know, brothers and sisters, I worked for the government before. Fives and tens and twenties and things like that. They think in those terms. So five years. They made a guess about some event that would happen within a five-year window. And they needed to manage people until it happened. And they didn't need to kill one motherfucker because according to their models, this event would do all the fucking killing for them. And given that they're lazy government motherfuckers, what do you think? You think they would, oh, they're going to build a bioweapon that really in an arcane, strange way kills people in Lombardy, skips little Saigon, Seattle, then moves over to a, you know, to a, a, a long-term care facility near Microsoft. Yeah. Um, no such bug does that, really, ever. <sighs> They needed to be able to turn this up and down. It's why the COVID-19, or whatever you want to call it, isn't really over yet. They need that knob to be there because they believe this event is going to happen. That doesn't mean it will. It also explains why the debt ceiling is simply going to keep going up until the end. It also explains why Jerome Powell is chasing a, a, a panther called inflation while running from a bear called deflation because he can't go forward or backwards. He's got to run in a circle. He's in the caucus race, like in Alice in Wonderland, and he can't stop. He can never stop. He can only keep doing this. He can only keep on doing this forever and ever and ever. Well, really, there is no ever and ever. Like I said, he's got a helicopter on hot standby. Okay. Jerome Powell will know when to get out of town, assuming he's even in the United States, assuming that most of these motherfuckers are just not already doing the, you know, the green screen, the green screen, uh, the green, the green screen, the green screen game there in Antarctica at Studio 17, put them on the green screen, you know, oh yeah, set it up to look like Hawaii or no, Jackson Hole, put some cows in there. Make sure you paint the sky. Yeah. 
It's a fuzzy event. It's a five-year window. It will do the killing because they've kind of played their hand. They, they showed us their hand. When they decided upon the type of military psychological warfare they chose, they chose a wrecking ball, you know, not something you're going to build on, not pyramids on Mars, no, not spaceship Jesus. There were all sorts of options for them to go down a very dark and evil road of control. Instead, they chose something that is a wrecking ball for civic society, and they keep choosing more wrecking balls. None of that ends in a reset. None of that ends with a slave class. That ends with cemeteries and asylums. That's what, that's what you get. Or you give it up. You give up the bullshit. But enough people seem to be clinging on to, bitter clingers, really, uh, to the bullshit. So yeah, fuzzy event. Five-year window. They don't control it. That's why it's a fuzzy event. They are adjusting their psychological warfare to match the tempo of events as they unfold. I said maybe best case scenario, they're trying to manage the collapse of the dollar. But I think we're way beyond that now. Way beyond it. I, I don't think, I think that's wishful thinking at this point. A year ago, if, the, if, if we'd gone through the first phases of what would have been dollar collapse, I would have said, okay, it's the collapse of the dollar. But no, it's not. It's something worse than that. And believe me, the collapse of the dollar would be bad enough if it could be allowed to happen before the big event. But I could be wrong. And 2024 and 2025 could be normal. Uh, next year, there could be humans orbiting the moon. Oh my God, they're going to go back to the moon, Dan. Next year, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Could, could run for president. You could vote for him. He could save the day next year. Yes, next year. And I and I kind of spent some time on this, almost 20 minutes. Um, I didn't expect to bury my head in this, but I needed to express that I could be crazy. I could simply be wrong. My intuition tells me as I look at the sky that something's going on and it's it's worse than the collapse of the dollar. It's worse than hyperinflation. It's worse than stagflation. It's worse than the race war. It's worse than your monkey herpes COVID-19. It's worse than drag queen story time. It's worse than Trump. It's worse than Biden. It's worse than Putin, Putin, Putin. It's worse than everything they've thrown at you so far, which is why they've been tossing these fear monkeys at you like, you know, trauma-based hand grenades. But I could be wrong, and I could be crazy. I know this sounds like, those are lyrics from a Billy Joel song. Yeah, they are, probably. But um, I could be wrong. I could be crazy. I could be insane. You know, I want to get to the main topics of this podcast and not just dwell on my madness, because we've had a few podcasts in recent months where I've done that. Maybe that was okay, but I just don't like doing it at this point, really. Could I be crazy? Yeah. Could I be crazy? And here's the other thing, too. And I've talked about this. We've talked about this. We've had that conversation. I've talked about it with some of my friends, like AJ from Florida, Seattle Mike, and other people out there we've had conversations with. We've talked about this, you know. Even if I'm right, it doesn't matter. Nobody is going to be impacted by any large number. If, if I believe YouTube or Spotify or SoundCloud or any of these venues I've posted my podcast to, at most, a couple hundred people have listened. And I've been doing this a while. And I've got a lot of hours of podcasts behind me. Maybe a couple hundred people. Maybe. If I believe their numbers. Again. I don't know what to believe. I don't know where the truth is when it comes to this stuff. I, I, In my heart, it would be great if I could like reach the poverty level vis-a-vis -vis donations, but it doesn't look, really seem like that's going to happen. Maybe the key point is I'm telling people something that's just not very enjoyable. 
And 10 or 20 years ago, it could have been like Art Bell. Entertainment, you know, infotainment, play pretend, and then play pretend some more. And I could have been just like one of those freaks who periodically has amnesia and forgets they told you the world was going to end two years ago. I could be just like all those freaks. I, I didn't ever intend to do that. In 2015, when I thought it was about five years away, I wrote an essay called, called Odds of Survival. In 2019, when I was pretty certain it was, it was beginning, I wasn't certain what it looked like for certain, but what I called the great discontinuity had started, I pulled the trigger. I said, it's beginning. You know, it's starting. It's right now. November 2019. Um, and I stick to the fact that I didn't pull the trigger too early. But the problem is, it just doesn't matter. Okay, I'm not really giving people information that makes them functional members of the Death Star. If you want to be successful in the Death Star, if you want to rise in Vader's core, you don't want to follow any of my fucking advice. You should go about your business. You should play pretend. Even if you don't believe the stories, you should still play pretend. You should be outraged when you're supposed to be outraged. You should be sad when you're supposed to be sad. When they have their five minutes of hate, you should go into the crowd and shake your fist. And, and when you see what, you know, Goldstein or whatever, you can shake your fist and say, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is terrible, huzzah, huzzah, you know. You should not listen to me. Even if I am telling the truth, which I am, I'm honestly telling you something I could be wrong about. But even if I am coming from a place of honesty and it turns out to happen, it's so fucking irrelevant. It's so fucking pointless. The only piece of the puzzle that gives me hope is Christ. That's it. If it weren't for my faith, I really don't know where I would be right now. I don't. If it weren't for my faith and a, a lot of people that the Lord has put in my way, good people, decent people, principled, moral people, generous people, if it weren't for my faith and a collection of decent, good people who are far more generous than I deserve, I don't know where I would be. I don't think I would have ever left Little Saigon. I think I would have looked out my fucking window in my atheistic state of despair and shaked my fist at humanity and said, you guys suck so much, I don't ever want to live here again. And I just don't mean Little Saigon, motherfucker. So yeah, my faith and my friends and much of my family, maybe I should say my whole family, but definitely my faith, my friends, and some of my family have been a bulwark against giving in to that, that darkness. But I got to tell you, brothers and sisters, my mind is telling me, my heart is telling me, and I think the Holy Spirit is telling me, just like it told me in 2019, that 2024 is not as advertised, that you are in a brief intermission, that during this brief intermission, you'll hang out in the anti-room, you'll hang out in the back of the theater, you'll drink your fucking cocktails, you'll talk about drag queen story time, you'll talk about Trump, 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 you'll talk about Biden and Putin, you'll talk about whatever Daniel Penny or whatever recent race war outrage has been triggered again. Again, low-rent bullshit. You'll talk about all the low-rent fear monkeys being fed. Oh, chat GPT is going to take your job. They say they're going to have fusion energy. You know, we're going back to the moon. This is a brief intermission, I believe. And within about 6 to 12 months, and I'm not sure precisely when, it will become obvious that if you had stuff you needed to do, people you needed to say goodbye to, relationships you needed to repair, or somewhere you needed to physically put yourself, right now is the time. If you're currently in a city and somebody wants to give you a million for that shit-ass garage and the broken foundation, you should take the million dollars and get the fuck out. And I don't care what city you live in. None of them are going to function correctly in the best case scenarios that are coming down the road. None of them. They will all become hellscapes. All of them. I mean, if there's an exception here and there, it's going to be rare. Very rare. For the most part, the cities will descend into hell. So if you, if you can right now sell your you know, bungalow out back that has 800, you know, excuse me, 300 square feet and a porta potty and you can get a million five for it, take the million five, okay? 
take take the money and get the fuck out. Get yourself a piece of land someplace far away from every major highway and nowhere downwind from a boiling water nuclear reactor. Believe it or not, those places still exist. That's what I would recommend. But this might be your last fucking opportunity. This might be. This might be your last fucking chance. You can do one of two things. You can say to yourself, Dan's insane, he's mentally ill, he's crazy. In 2024, he'll probably lose his loop. Maybe he'll create his own religion called the Eighth Day Adventist, you know, tipping my hat to a dude in the 19th century who predicted the end of the world. And by the way, I'm not predicting the end of the world. Yeah, that's not what I'm talking about. Just because life gets really terrible, potentially horrible, does not mean the world is over. It does mean life is hard and harder than you can imagine because most Americans alive today have lived in a kind of brief special period of human history that might never exist again. And in this brief special period, you had your, you know, <laughs> you had your delivery pizza, you had your video games, you had your cable pornography, you had all your, your mobile phones and smart devices and satellites, you had it all. You had the world at your fingertips. You were like a god. And in that sense, maybe that's where that thought, the thought that keeps bouncing around my head is coming from. What does it mean, the fullness of bread? I think there was a fullness of bread. I think it began to come to an end right around the turn of the century. And what we've been living in since then has not really been the fullness of bread. It's been something else. So I think, I think we've had that. And if that is one of those things that you can say is a sign of the times, then okay. I don't know. Like I said in previous podcasts, I'm 50-50 right now. You can take a quarter out of your pocket. You can look to the sky and say, Lord in heaven, are the end times near? Flip the coin. That's up to you. To me, that sounds like bad mojo. Kind of like doing, I don't know, the Ouija board. But it's up to you. I don't know. I just don't think 2024 is, is as advertised. And as far as all the stuff people tell me, it's going to be this, Dan. All the, give, all the it's going to be's that I've been given since 2020 have looked like stupid dreck, and they still look like stupid dreck. It's going to be a recession. It's going to be a mild, mild recession. Artificial intelligence will raise us up above the sky. The robots will be our slaves, Dan, because they'll have the laws of robotics, Dan, and they'll do what they're told, Dan. I don't know. If you need to believe this, believe it. There's going to be fusion energy and spaceships to Mars. We're 10 years away. We're just 10 years away, Dan. If you can just wait 10 more years, talk about motherfucking gaslighting. Next topic. Next topic. 10 years away. My whole fucking life, we've been 10 years away from Nirvana. So every once in a while, I go down the headlines of ZeroHedge.com. Because it is our Isvestia, it is our last stop McGee, last stop saloon. You know, you need, you want to get gasoline, it won't be available for another 500 miles in the desert. So I'm going to go down the headlines of Zero Hedge. These are the headlines as of 8 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, Tuesday, May the 30th. 2023 Bo Blimtok, headlines. Not great now, colon. McCarthy debt deal votes in question. DeSantis slams is totally inadequate. All eyes on Massey. Major drone attack on Moscow damages several apartment buildings. <laughs> Property value goes down. U.S. spent $13 billion sponsoring unaccompanied minor children at the border since 2012. Wow. NVIDIA tops trillion-dollar market cap after introducing AI supercomputer, oh, bimbo eruption. About one million viewers stopped watching Fox News after Tucker Carlson's exit sheep dipped. U.S. home prices show annual decline for first time since 2012. <laughs> it's going to be worse. Biden's solar push is destroying the desert and releasing stored carbon. Oh, it's going to be worse. Bearish case is compelling, but AI chasing bulls are in control. It's going to be worse. 
Futures jump on debt deal agreement despite congressional hurdles. Nvidia tops one trillion. Hey, that sounds like the one above. Musk lands in China, holds meeting with top official, declares Tesla's stance against decoupling. Oh, decoupling. And I was, I, I spent a year in Korea. Little bit of Asian magic. A little bit of golden sunshine. Elon Musk will decouple and recouple, degungulate. <laughs> Over 300 COVID-19 papers withdrawn for not meeting standards of scientific soundness board. Total farce, real spending under debt ceiling deal actually goes up next year. Huh, color me unsurprised. Record Russell 2K covering, good news maybe. Stubborn Euro longs face a resilient dollar comeback. Oh my god, you need dollars to chase AI bullshit. Game over for Turkey as net reserves turn negative. Morgan Stanley sees Lira collapsing. <laughs> Lesser catastrophe. Carnival Sunshine cruise ship battered by massive waves, leaving multiple decks flooded. Why is this a story? El Nino will arrive soon. It may cost the world trillions of dollars. <laughs> Wishful. Fierce Serb-Kosovo clashes leave dozens of NATO troops injured. Injured. Oh, okay. The rise of geopolitical swing states for swingers. Those are your zero hedge headlines. They may have updated while I was talking. I don't care. Fuck you. Yeah. Next topic. The fractor must endure. A fractor is a time traveler. A time traveler who goes backwards, backwards in time, you know. This doesn't apply to traveling to the future. There is no paradox going to the future. Any amount of distortion within the unresolved now eliminates previous state space for the causality field. A causality field bounded by local space-time. The fractor, by merely going back even a few seconds, erases previous states and can introduce paradoxes, but the fractor survives the paradoxes. The fractor carries the memory of futures destroyed. The fractor carries the memories of people who no longer exist or ever. The fractor carries the murder of worlds. The fractor endures. So you can go ahead and go back and kill your granddaddy. You might end up killing your mommy or your daddy or your sisters. You might end up killing a whole shitload of people, but you're going to remember you will endure. You are the only piece of the puzzle the universe must allow to endure. You will carry the burden. You will drift through time. You will carry the pain. You will carry disdain. All the Mandela effects, that's because of you. You are the fractor. Here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. In order for time travel into the past to make any fucking sense, every action erases the future, and the fractor endures despite contradiction or paradox. Rule one of time travel is the conservation of the fractor. Rule two of time travel, the scope of a racial is the scope of the now, or the present, and its unresolved trailing edge. The unresolved trailing edge of the now, the present, is the superposition. That's what the cat's dealing with in the box. 
it is the unresolved now. And sometimes there's enough chaos within local space-time that the trailing edge of the now can go back 10, 20, maybe a hundred years, Bo Blimpdock. And so within that chaos, you can utilize an anti-photon laser and a holographic projection system to effect on a separate frequency basis the electron fields of every atom and every molecule in your body. You can create what's called, you know, not space dilation, but space contraction. And also temporal contraction, which will allow you to sink to the very, very trailing edge of the now. Sinking through that concrete that hasn't formed yet because the present is still technically unresolved. Every Mandela effect you want to think of, you know, including one, I thought Oliver Stone had made this movie. For some reason, when I was a kid, I remember seeing on the big screen, coming soon from Oliver Stone, and then it turned out to be Dennis Hopper. And again, this was, you know, a long time ago. Maybe my memory's wrong, but the bottom line is this. If there is a fractor, that motherfucker is guilty of all the Mandela effects. Fuck you, fractor. But the thing is, the fractor's a lonely person. Because by definition, even if they just go back a few seconds, they come from a universe that no longer exists. It's gone. Maybe they can endure as the fractor and as the previous self, but that previous reality is gone. Or maybe they go back far enough that their self never exists, it never does exist ever, and they still exist, and they get the memory of everything that has been destroyed. So when you think about it, it's not much of a gift to be the fractor, because you're a mass murderer. Worst case scenario, if you go back far enough, let's say you go back 50, 60 years, and you do something catastrophic. Yeah, you'll still exist, and there will still be a future, but you destroyed a lot of people, shithead. And there ain't no multiverse to save your soul or theirs. Yes, indeed, my friend. The fractor survives. The fractor survives. I went back to the JFK, the JFK assassination, and I, I got Johnny Carson to sell paper clips to Muslims, Muslim hoarders they were. They took a smell and went north. I shunned the moon goddess and knew her carnal despair as our bodies were entwined in zero-G and our hearts were filled with muskrat juice. We danced among the caverns of Zorn as tulip soldiers fired their laser cannons at the Cregan folk. And once we tore a hole in space-time and reversed all the sacred crimes, our pimp daddy Foster McGivens returned from the wars with rescue trophies and dead hooker wives. When Cleopatra ruled Egypt and the other Macedonian kingdoms fell, I took a turn as Caesar and leapt from rooftop to rooftop like a Mexican roof dog hunting some small tasty morsel to quench my lust. Tilly Gipper stole the time watch and needed a lift to 1873 to steal gold from his long-lost love. But I told him, we fractured time too much. We live, but our hearts turn black and cold. He didn't care. He had all the cocaine. I was a Norse king, 
when Ragnar raided the English Poolies and left the monks dead at Old Red Rock. Karsten, the Festin herder, etched my name on the walls of Cornish masters as the harlot women of Sector 98 went wild and left their disco love by the exchequer, no longer delinquent in her payments to the outsiders. William the Conqueror sold tickets on eBay, and the time rift spread it to Quadrant Alpha, and too many fractors ran loose in the city, and there was a lot of drinking and more cocaine. The fractor is a jaded soul that rides the wave of improbable life. The fractor is conserved by space-time to enable the wild pizza ride between possible nows. And the yesterday now that the fractor can get to, can drift to, and then do the changing of yesterday's now, so yesterday's now is tomorrow. Like an expanding oasis in a torn-up desert, the causality field is the warm, cuddly place that protects the fractor. But nothing can protect the fractor from the sadness of loss and of lives never existing and other queer effects of broken time for a soul that's been sold to a devil that's drunk on all of your sins. Someone taught Hitler to dive off Old Creek's mountain and to lead the lesbian beastress women against the voluptuous armies of Madame Soviet during the great commie war of 1956. So many fission bombs were dropped on New York City and L.A. and Tokyo and London. The mutants ruled the lands and the comic chants filled the air with stale regret. The fractors stole the rubies of Mars in 1985 after President Reagan delivered his speech denouncing the space Nazis of Region 712. They took them rubies to the beryllium mines on Saturn and harvested gimbal flesh from the super beans that feed on our own nightmares. Nasty and unlikely, nasty unlikely friends lived on angel grease there. Bone day is getting closer. The dogs sense it. They know that the great wheel is damaged and, all, and that all stuff will be replenished and repeated. The dogs will gather the bones into a great pile and make things ready for the reboot of history lost. The fractors sense it too. And we prepare. At end time, when the loop is closed between creation and destruction, T-Ray artists form coalitions of accident, whereby they hold hands across time and institute the permanent fractor. Universe without end, without beginning, time looping in on itself, Oro fucking Boros. I would stand there at time's end and sing the songs of lost worlds, of lands destroyed, of existence wiped away. We survived the great reaping only to carry the wounds of trillions and to have knowledge of that which never happened. And our hearts grow heavy in this infinity as we drift from one place to another, as we loop through the great wheel that is now connected, and now we can sleep. You want to travel through time, you want to fix a mistake, then you're a killer. 
you want to travel through time, you, you want to change an outcome, you're a fucking killer. Next topic. Next topic. Oh, yeah. There's an article here from Zero Hedge. I'm going to read it because I have to. This article was published yesterday. Headline, China to put humans on the moon by 2030. Weeks after Russia's former head of Roscosmos Space Agency cast doubt on the U.S. moon landing in 1969, Bo China announced plans to put a person on the moon by 2030. <sighs> In a Monday announcement, Lee Seeking, the deputy director of China's manned space agency, he said the CCP, you know, we're going to the moon. It's part of our broader, you know, exploration kind of project. The moon is a Chinese moon goddess, and, and we've already gotten started. We're going to head to our moon goddess. We're going to collect samples. Be honest, Lin. You're going to steal underwear. You're going to steal underwear from the moon goddess. Yeah. New York Times reports, fuck. Chinese scientists had previously nodded at a 2030 goal in a less formal capacity. For example, the chief designer of China's lunar exploration program said last month that a 2030 landing would be no problem. Huh. I mean, everything in the future is no problem. The Monday announcement came at a news conference to mark the liftoff of three new astronauts on Tuesday to China's new space station, which was completed last year. A manned lunar landing would be a major milestone for China's and the world's space exploration. No human has been on the moon since the United States Apollo missions in the 1960s and 70s. Let's be honest, 72 was the last time. And it could mark a significant achievement for China in its burgeoning competition with the United States in space. China's top leader, Xi Jinping, said, said that the country should become a great space power. <sighs> Both Beijing and Washington want to build research stations on the moon. I mean, you know... Yeah, pretty much since the end of World War II. And to land people on Mars. Not Arizona, not New Mexico, Mars. I can't read any more of this garbage. I'm going to make a bold prediction. Bold prediction, irrelevant, because you guys need to invest in your Death Star schemes. And if they tell you invest in AI, a lot of you motherfuckers need to. Almost more than financial, psychological, you need to. Um, but here's a bold prediction. China will not be building a, a research station on the moon in 2030. I also don't believe we'll be sending people to orbit the moon next year. It's always next year. It's always a little bit in the future. And, and to me, that's an indication, again, of them revealing their hand of a tell in, in poker terms. The whole thing about them orbiting the moon again next year, to me that tells me next year's not going to be as advertised. Because it's not going to happen. They're not going back to the moon. There's going to be no Chinese moon base. I know people need to believe it just like they need to believe the fusion reactor stories. I remember October 2014. I, I saw an article. Lockheed had a fusion reactor that could fit in the back of your truck. Everybody would have one in 10 years. Well, it's almost 10 years, shithead. Where's my fucking fusion reactor? The one that you said could fit in the back of my truck. Lockheed. Yeah, I, I've, I've seen stories like this since I could read them. 
So let's say sometime in the 70s, when I was like five or six, and I might have come across a popular mechanics, you know, while we're waiting to get our hair cut, or a popular science, and I'd flip through it. Oh yeah, we're gonna have flying cars in a couple years. Well, that sounds fucking great. But if you need to believe it, for psychological reasons, I get it. I understand it. I do. I understand it as a Christian. I understand it as a human. I understand that people are taking drugs right now. And some of these drugs the doctors are giving them. Some of these drugs are getting off the streets. Some of these drugs are TV shows and forms of brain chemistry they plug into. Some of these drugs are articles like this so that they can play pretend and pretend they'll be on the moon in 10 years. But it's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. Okay, if you want to believe this, then you have to explain why, since the year 1961 Boblimtok, have less than 700 people ever been to what we loosely call space. 700 unique people in 60 fucking years. Well, Dan, space is really hard. Well, then imagine how hard the fucking moon is, dickhead, and then tell me how many people will be living on the moon in 10 years. If you tell me it's 10 people, then yeah, green screen, Antarctica. But that's wishful thinking. Because you're not going to broad broadcast anything, whether it's the show Friends, or Seinfeld, or a fake moon landing, if most of the people left alive in 10 years are spending their day finding whatever water they can drink or protein they can scrape off a fucking rock. You're not worried about green screening those motherfuckers. They're occupied. And my guess is, if you got invited to the condo complex in Antarctica, if you faked your death to get there, Chances are you know probably a lot more than I do or any of us know about the real reasons behind most of this shit. So they're not green screening you, fucker. They're not going to be green screening at all. There'll be no green screen. There'll be no moon base. Ten years from now, if you're alive, you'll be spending most of your time just trying to stay fucking alive. That's, that's what I'm thinking. It's not stagflation. It's not hyperinflation. Could they start a nuclear war as a kind of desperate, insane move? Sure. Why would they do that? I mean, they could do it. Every boiling water reactor would go critical on planet Earth within about a week. Oh, but they'll scram it. Yeah, scramming just means the control rods are fully inserted. You still have to like have water flow through the reactor vessel so it doesn't heat up. If the water goes away, if the ambient temperature is wrong, eventually those control rods melt and you have a meltdown. So let's say within a month. If you have a nuclear war, the boiling water reactors will, will start cooking off, being unmanaged you know, things at that point, because the people aren't going to stick around. They might scram it. Yeah, that'll buy you about a month, maybe two. Why would they pollute the planet any more than it's polluted? That's what a nuclear war would trigger. So no, I don't think it's going to be that either. But it could. But who knows, right? If you live in Antarctica, if your plan is to have your generations of, of semen kids live there with your egg mama in your futuristic quasi-clothing, mocking all the poor people, how many fucking decades do you think you get? How many? Do you think you get 50 years if you had the smartest German engineers who know how to build bunkers going back to World War II? If you had the smartest fucking people, how many decades do you think you get before that bunker turns into a hellhole? If you think you're going to get 100 years, you're crazy. So you shouldn't be too jealous of the shitheads that go to the bunkers either. All they've really done is delayed their death. And in many ways, they've sealed their fate the fate of themselves and their children. At least people who try to fight it out on the surface have a chance. If you go to a bunker, you might as well just give up. That's my view on that topic, you know. As far as going to the moon in 2030, I don't know, brothers and sisters. I'm telling you 2024 20, is going to be a fuckaroo. So do I really think after 2024 we'll be concerned about building bases on the fucking moon? The answer is probably not. 
but that doesn't fit your drug. That's not going to help you. If you've got to go to work today and do something stupid for a boss that's a moron, if you have to go ahead and put in your time, if you've got to play the dance, the kabuki dance of pretend, and you have to pretend for someone else, your wife, your girlfriend, your husband, your boyfriend, your significant other, if you've got to go do this, I am giving you no ammunition to do it with. None. So maybe next year we orbit the moon, and maybe next year... I'm in a mental hospital, right? Next topic. And actually, this topic is related to the previous one, so I don't know how much time I'll spend on it. Here is a quote from Dr. Freckles. There is no NASA without MKUltra. Okay, we all know what NASA is. If you don't know what MKUltra was, and probably still is, it is a mind control program that was developed by the CIA after World War II. Initially, it was about torturing people to get information about interrogation techniques, really advanced interrogation techniques. And so they used the standard fare, you know, isolation, waterboarding, which is basically waterboarding is simulated drowning. Let's call it what it is. Um, they used the standard torture techniques. They invented a few of their own. And they also experimented with LSD as a drug to use while torturing people to impact their personalities. To even, in some cases, they tried to erase people's minds. They partnered with a number of hospitals in Canada. And there are Canadians who sued those hospitals and wanted to sue the CIA because their loved one, their wife, their husband, in a lot of cases, women, were victimized and their, their memories were erased. That was MKUltra. Do I think MKUltra is over? I don't know, brothers and sisters. Um, clearly, from my video I recorded in 2020, the FBI's 1960s Operation Chaos is not over. So a lot of these things don't die. And I don't think MKUltra is over. I think in some ways, the results of MKUltra is what we've been experiencing. If you want to know how they develop their models for mind control at a population scale, well, they start out with individuals, and they experiment, and they torture, and they see about breaking points. And then they ask the question, how can we do this to billions of fucking people at the same time? So no, MKUltra is not over. If you ask me, Scientology. Scientology is very likely a front for another MKUltra operation. I, I think that might be the case. And if there are any Scientologists listening, oh, Dan, how can you say that? Nothing about your founder, L. Ron Hubbard, makes any fucking sense, okay? Yeah, 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 government is stupid, Hanlon's razor, fuck you. But who the fuck puts him in command of anything, let alone a cra you, know, uh, you know, anything, period? You know, why would they put him in charge of a minesweeper, any type of ship? This guy was clearly a nut before World War II, and they ran out of people that weren't nuts. No, he was sheep-dipped. He was set up. He was probably 100% deep state going back to the 30s before the CIA. In fact, you could argue that he, you know, in some ways, L. Ron Hubbard might have been involved in, in much of what became MKUltra, because before the CIA, he was a thing. He was this science fiction writer, right? So I think Scientology is MKUltra. I can't prove it. Cannot prove it. It is an opinion. It is a supposition. It is an intuition. I cannot prove it, but yeah. But if you're running NASA and you want people to believe in space, you're going to need a lot of help from, from military psychological warfare. And the cutting edge of PSYOPs during the Cold War was CIA MKUltra. They did it all. They understood it all from their perspective. They had all the right Nazi scientists. And they knew, they understood how to poke every part of your brain to get the result they wanted. So yeah, if you were NASA and you wanted to fake a moon landing, you probably had the CIA and Kubrick and others on the phone. Hey, you know, we're putting on a show. It's like Mickey Rooney, the Judge Harvey movies. We're putting on a show, fucker. This is my opinion. This is a Dr. Freckles quote. Take it or leave it. If I were you and you have to go through your daily grind, at this point, you might even want to stop listening to this podcast because nothing 
going forward is probably going to match what you believe reality is. If on the other hand you want to listen, you can. And guess what? If you enjoy the podcast, you can also donate. There's a link to PayPal in the notes. You can click on the fucking link and send me cocaine money or hooker money or money for machine guns and dynamite, money to buy gasoline, maybe money to buy a front loader, maybe I could buy a dozer, cover it in all kinds of steel plate. I could do a little he-mire. You can send me whatever fucking money you have via that PayPal link and I'll take that money and I'll pay the rent and I'll do other stuff with it. That's what I'll do. I'll take care of food, water, shelter, more or less in that order, and other things, maybe. But you don't have to. Before you pay me any money, before you donate, take care of your food, your water, your shelter. Take care of the people you love. If you have a dog or a cat or a pet, and you're trying to put aside food for yourself, put aside food for them, too. There's, there's, there's not a basement big enough, by the way. So if you're saying to yourself, how much? I can't answer that question. But I would say, if you're setting aside three months food for yourself, try to set aside three months food for your dog or your cat or your parrot. Try to find some joy. There are some people out there, and I'm not going to name names today, but they have very popular podcasts on YouTube. And they say a lot of things I think are true, but then they'll say things that amount to, you know, all you got left is to do your stoic duty by handing out flyers and wearing hoodies. And what I'm telling you is, you still have a life, so do I. The world is not coming to an end. If you needed somebody to tell you on Tuesday, May the 30th, that the world is not coming to an end, your good friend Uncle Dan for the billionth time is telling you that. It's not. Is 2024 going to be batshit crazy, in my opinion? Yes. And I'm using that as a rough marker. Could start sooner than that. Do I think it's going to have anything to do with economics at that point? Indirectly. Because everything kind of does. But I think the level of events is going to be a little bit beyond mild recession. Or stagflation. Or hyperinflation. It's going to be a little bit beyond that. And that's being as sarcastic as I want to be. But the world is not coming to an end. And if you have the resources, you should try to find joy. Because life is not guaranteed for anybody. All of us were diagnosed with the same illness at birth. It's called mortality. Okay? You might live to be 10. You might live to be 50. You might live to be a motherfucker who's 100 years old, has... 20 children who each have 20 children. Oh my God, that's a huge number, isn't it? You might do all of those things. You might die tomorrow. You might be dying today. I can't tell you anything about death because I haven't been there yet. But I can tell you that what matters is how you live. So you can donate if you want to, but make sure you're taking care of yourself too. If you need to take a break, if you need to sneak out of work and go see a movie because you haven't seen one in a while, and during the monkey herpes, that was uncomfortable, go do it. If you want to go take a walk with your dog, go do it. If you want to go see a friend or somebody you haven't seen in years, go do it. And this is just good advice, period. The world is not coming to an end, A. B. I do think things are about to get a lot crazier than most people are prepared for. And see, everybody's individual world comes to an end eventually. Everyone's going to die. If you tell me you're going to live to be 200 years old, all I can tell you is underneath my, underneath my breath, in the back of my head, I'm mocking you. Okay? You're not. You're not going to merge with a robot. You're not going to live to be a thousand. You're not going to live forever. Ray Kurzweil will probably die in the next 10 years. These are not bold predictions. These are simple facts of reality. When you were born, you were diagnosed with an illness. It's called mortality. One day you will die. That is point C. Come to grips with it and you'll be a lot fucking happier. Way happier. But if you want to play pretend, you can play pretend. If you want to talk about your AI <laughs> somehow keeping you alive like some robot soup, whatever. You do that, buddy. You plug into the network. You're going to be a tin can in 300 years begging for somebody to kill you.
you can donate if you want to. Um, can I use the money? I've said this before, I'll say it again. I don't know anyone personally who can't. Okay, as inflated as the dollar is, as they, oh my God, they printed so many dollars. And it's also why I said the hyperinflation already happened. I don't see that money. That money doesn't come my way. That money goes into that, yeah, the bungalow with the broken foundation. And you're going to get 3.2 million from somebody from Hong Kong. And is that racist or not? I don't care. Donate if you want to. If you don't have the money, that's okay too, obviously. Just listening is a kind of support. If you want to forward a link to a friend, if you want to recommend me to others, that's even more helpful. But simply listening is a kind of support. Beyond that, it's Tuesday. It's May the 30th. It's 2023 Boblimtok. It's after 8.30 a.m. here in Scompton, Utah. Yes, the Tussie Whistles and the Wimgistles are coming out of their lair. The panther and the jaguar and the tiger and the bear are wiping the sleep from their eyes. The angel moss and the bat rainbow and all the kettle worms are wriggling about. The trout fish are jumping, jumping for the sky. Yeah, they will not die. The salmon are ready. The eagles are ready. All the fishies are ready. It's time to get up and get going. It's time to do the hustle, buddy. <laughs>